Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds and Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair Media Network. Power 5 college football is officially back, and the Big Ten and Pac-12 might get back in on the party. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. Jonathan Adams Jr.'s first entourage member. And with me, as always, is AJ Mike Norvell's actually good, I promise. Marchese. Look, it's it's Florida State that's cursed. Nothing to do with Mike, all right? Today we're going to get back to our in-season form with our 2021 NFL Draft superlatives from this past Saturday in college football. Let's hit it. Seven. Seven rounds in heaven with my baby Driving up to Cleveland maybe Looking for a Lawrence or Sewell Don't draft specialists on the first day Don't draft specialists on the second day Maybe draft a punter in the six We'll see Let's go seven rounds Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going to go that extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on win, division, and championship futures now. Head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. Well, AJ, before we jump into these superlatives, we had a whole mess of um, opt don't draft running backs, <laughs> opt outs. Yes, Benny Snell, don't draft running backs. Yeah. Uh, of opt outs and declarations uh, since the last time we spoke, um, predominantly from the Big Ten Impact Twelve. Although both are apparently sounding more and more like they're going to try and play in twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh... I think there's rumblings as we talk of there's a meeting going on or something. I don't know. Everything's all whispers. It's weird. Well, they were supposed to vote on Sunday, and they didn't. They didn't. Now there was no a positive meeting or something, yeah. Yeah, like it's sounding like the Big Ten's really going to happen. And then today we heard that the Pac-12 um, m- might attempt to play as early as November. So now we're just going to have everyone play in 2020 on different schedules, which is sick. It's weird. It's going to be weird. Like, like realistically, the Big Ten and Pac-12 won't start till November. But, like, how's that going to... Uh, whatever. we got, like, fake ranked games now because there's not enough teams to rank. The Rose Bowl is going to be the real national championship game. So, that's all that matters. Yeah, retweet. Ohio State versus Oregon. Um, but, back to the point. Uh, Ohio State corner Sean Wade. Ohio State guard Wyatt Davis. USC guard Elijah Vera Tucker. Stanford tackle Walker Little. 
Oregon Corners Diamande, oh, that's a hard name, Diomodore Lenoir and Thomas Graham Jr. and Texas A&M wide receiver Jamon Osbin all declared for the 2021 NFL Draft. Where would you like to begin? Uh, we can fire through this just because we got a lot a lot on our plates tonight. But, okay, um, well, <laughs> yeah, because we're mean, watching the Monday Nighters, yeah. Um, Wyatt Davis is, I mean, I thought that was a pretty obvious one. He's a guy who I think... Season or no season's a first-round pick. Yeah. Probably the first guard off the board. Um, just an elite plug-and-play talent. Sean Wade uh, was Sean, easy, too, I think. Or? Yeah, I think. It's interesting because he played nickel all last year, right? And yeah. his skill set is better suited for the outside, but we never got to see him actually play a full season there. Yeah. Um, and I think, for, he, for me, he's firmly my corner three right now and a, a top 30-ish prospect or so. So... It, that'll be interesting to see how teams view him. I, I saw Dane Brugler actually tweet that some see him as a third-round talent, others first-round. So he's a guy who could just it's interesting. really be d- dependent on scheme, too. Yeah, no, that's interesting. I, I, again, I wouldn't too, be too worried about like moving from nickel to outside because, like you said, his talents, uh, his skill set is Bet- better suited for outside. Yeah. So. But anyways, those two are pretty uh, uh, obvious. Yeah, and then I, I thought the corners from Oregon both could have mm-hmm. come out last year as well. They're both guys who I think are going to be potential third-round guys, but more likely early day three guys at this point. Yeah, right around that. Like, like borderline top one guys. guys. Yeah, like I like them both a lot, and I, I think they're both their skill sets are better su- better suited for nickel. Mm. Lenoir's a little more squatty and physical um, around the line of scrimmage. I think Graham's a little more athletic and uh at least versatile in the in the coverage yeah. he can play. For sure. Um, and then with the the two pack twelve offensive linemen, Walker Little is a guy that I think could go either stupid early or like <laughs> yeah. seventh round. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because he, he only played he he essentially only played one season at Stanford. He was yeah. a big five star recruit. He's yeah. been living off that like, you'll see him mocked in the first round of a mock draft, which is insane. Because the tape's not that good. Like, it's fine. It, Like, I think he has the potential to be an early day three guy had he played this year. Mm-hmm. But I, I can't imagine him going earlier than the fifth round. I I don't know, man. I could see it happening. Like, I, I could see him sneaking into day two, but... Well, my my argument against it is if if especially if the Big Ten and Pac twelve do end up playing this year, yeah, we need yeah. eyes on so many more guys versus Walker Little hasn't played essentially hasn't played because he he played the in the Northwestern game last year and then got hurt and yep. missed the rest of the season, so he hasn't really played since twenty eighteen. It's a big big question mark. Are you really willing? Like I think he'd have to like blow up the combine to be a top 100 pick yeah agreed but uh again i it does come down to the pac-12 and the big 10 playing but uh we might just see more teams swinging on these big recruits like like we always do in the late you know we see it in the in day three where like a guy maybe didn't have the best college career but he was a five-star coming out so he gets drafted you know what i mean and and that happens a lot so if it's a big recruit and I don't know. There's hype around him. Maybe we see that type of guy go in the third now. You know what I mean? Well, so, yeah, and again, it's hard, hard to say anything yeah. definitively with yeah. what this draft year is going to be like. So, um, Elijah Vera Tucker is a guy who was going to move to tackle for USC mm-hmm. this year. He was going to be a guard in the NFL, so I don't think that really impacts it much. Me neither. Um, he's another guy who I, he he's kind of polarizing. I think we're both lower on him. I was Yeah, I was pretty low on him. 
but I've seen like top fifty from others. Yeah, um, like like see, I like I was low on on Tefeli too, but I, I think I might be wrong on that one because I saw the potential there. But Ver Tucker, I I wasn't impressed very much to be honest. Yeah, to 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 me, like there's you can see, um, he 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 plays with heavy hands. Mm-hmm. He he moves pretty well, all things considered. Yeah, he does. Um, like as an he like he he's a natural left guard, and I wouldn't be shocked to see him end, uh, end up seeing him as a, a starter in the NFL at some point. Yeah, but I just I, I don't think there's a ton a ton of upside in taking him as a top 100 guy. I, again, I agree. Unknown year, and I think you at least know what you're getting kind of with him. I see. I I thought he had some of like the the mental errors on the line too. So uh, a guy not getting an extra season kind of you know that that hurts. For me personally, mm-hmm. but obviously, and many teams, but yeah. So that's that. That and one's a bit the, of a question. Then Osmond, I don't think so. That's surprising. He's the best of the Texas a and wide receivers last year. He's the only one who went back. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a big slot option. Really strong hands. I, I think he's he's probably a, a mid day three type of player. It's like only surprising. Well, it's not even surprising, but you know he he would have been playing. That's the only thing. But yeah. yeah. I mean, Chimbo Fisher's running that program near the ground, maybe. <laughs> Florida State's Florida cursed. State. <laughs> All right. We're finally back. We're finally back into doing our, our NFL draft superlatives. Are you we're, happy? I'm uh, happy. We're in the groove, baby. And uh, kind of nice that we got two weeks to bank on for the, for this first episode. Well, but I mean, still, it would have been less games than... Yeah, it's it's a quarter of, of one week of last year, but still, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. But hey, I'm sure the listener remembers all of our superlatives. Oh yeah, of course they're they're in everyone's uh, mind all the time. So let's jump right into it. Best freshman. Who's the best freshman you saw? I've got a long list. I got I got. So uh, I tried to keep mine. It's funny. You know what I did? All I have three best freshmen. They're all quarterbacks. I have three uh, best sophomores. All running backs. That's oh, why. So did. cool. You're, yeah, sick. That's, that's so cool, eh? Keep it basic. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hit me, hit me with your number one best freshman. Spencer Rattler. Yeah, I mean, it was Missouri State and it was Bobby Petrino, but... It doesn't to, matter. The, the arm talent it, and the, the off-platform it, throws. And... I, I think what's being overblown is people are like, oh, it was against Missouri State when they see the numbers, but it's like, if you watch what he did... Yeah, it's it's not... Like, the numbers... It's, 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 not, it's not the numbers or the team they're playing. It's the throws he was making. Yeah. Exactly. As you mentioned, off platform, out of structure, earning himself those Mahomes comps he had coming out of high school. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was dominant, and obviously we uh, were excited to see him against a Power Five school. But just to come in in your first collegiate start, throw for four touchdowns, eighty-two percent completion, seventeen yards per attempt. It it was I don't know I thought it was mesmerizing. Yeah, it was great. Um, did you pay for the pay per view actually? No, no, but I considered it. Didn't I? I didn't I tell you I was considering it? You did. I'm like, don't do that. I mean, no, yeah, do it, Rob. That's the only way to watch games legally. Um, but yeah, exactly. I don't understand how you can knock them because it was Missouri State. Uh, if you're gonna do that, then knock them all year because there's no great defense in the Big Twelve, anyways, baby. Oh come on! <laughs> you're telling Houston Baptist that? Well, yeah, they'll no be way. in the Big Twelve by 2022. That's my prediction. The Big 12 sucks it does. outside of Oklahoma and Texas. Yeah. Sun Belt, Fun Belt. Uh, okay, uh, I'll, I'll go off a little off the beaten path here. Um, the the freshman running back combo Miami 
put out. Don yeah. Chaney Jr. and Jalen Knighton. Yeah. Neither of them had like absolutely game breaking games, but they combined to uh, run for over a hundred, and they just both. Knighton looked so explosive, and Don Chaney is a grown ass man dude, for an eighteen year old. He he looks like he's like, well, first of all, he kind of looks like an edge, just the way he's built, and uh, he looks like he's like going into the pros already. He's a, he's a bit of a monster, eh? Yeah, they they to me, I mean, what Derek King did for that run game was huge. Yeah, but just those two look like the future of like Miami is at least going to be back to producing NFL running backs. And whoa, whoa, whoa! They've had a couple Seahawk running backs, baby, but. Uh, Sorry, I mean, back to the Willis McGahee, Frank yeah. Gore, Clinton Portis days. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, yeah, Cameron Harris actually uh, pretty good, too. Yeah, the most... him maybe in a bit. Oh, not for me, but I'm glad. Uh, I'll go off the beaten path because my last guy is Rob's favorite player, so I'll save it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll say him together. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, you know who I liked? I liked uh, true freshman Grant Wells from Marshall. That was kind of a surprising. That was really out of nowhere. Oh, that felt that game feels like so long ago. Yeah, now. yeah. I mean, it was what Western Kentucky? No, Eastern Kentucky. Thank you. Not the Hilltoppers. Yeah. Sorry, Hilltoppers. But hey, Marshall beat them worse than West Virginia did. That's true. Uh, yeah, fuck Eastern you. Kentucky's just doing the the West Virginia circuit and getting their <laughs> brains blown out by every school in West Virginia. Yeah, get fucked, Colonels. You have a two hundred thirty pound back. You don't need to use them. It's not fun, or not against Marshall at least. He, I love him. Yeah, no, but they don't <laughs> use him. He's my favorite part about that fake week zero. Anyways, uh, Grant Wells was pretty great though. Like, uh, I don't know when I watched the game from the start. And you're like, okay, true freshman, the first West Virginia native to, to start for Marshall in, whatever, 35 years or whatever. I'm like, okay, he's not going to be that good, right? Wrong. Comes out, 16 to 23, 307, four touchdowns. I think he, like, the first, uh, I think he went 9 of 9, and the first incompletion was a drop or something, like a, a wide-open drop. Moves while he's a good athlete, uh, dropping some dimes, perfect deep balls on, on, uh, on occasion there. Like, some nice ball placement to the sidelines. Off-platform throws. Uh, moved enough to, to get a couple rushing yards. Kind of an interesting, like, not what I expected from a Marshall true freshman. It's, it's, he looks fun. Like, he looks like a, a guy that could be one of the best group of five quarterbacks in a couple of years. Pro comp Chad Pennington? Uh, Chad Pennington. <laughs> no, Chad Pennington with wheels, yeah. But not crazy wheels. Shout out to Doc Halliday for running that Marshall program so well and yeah. never getting talked about. That's a good point. Uh Okay, I'll, I'll hit you with a, a big, big, big-time recruit. Um, Clemson edge rusher Miles Murphy, mm-hmm. top 10 recruit, was bringing back Clemson's defensive line swagger. But did- Clemson had kind of a down year last year with that defensive line yeah. after all the guys went to the NFL. But Brian Brees, uh the defensive tackle, who's the number one recruit, and Miles Murphy on, on the edge were awesome. Um, Murphy picked up two sacks, three TFLs, yeah. and – just looks like he's NFL ready already. I think he's already listed at 6'5", 270. That's insane. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and he he was explosive and twitchy as hell. Yeah, that's. I, I mean, you had to. I mean, obviously, Clemson's got one of the top recruiting classes every single year, and you knew that defense was coming. Like it's just a minor reload last year. Um, yeah. Uh, you ready to to get to the big dog here, though, Rob? Yeah, the next RG three Georgia Tech quarterback Jeff Sims, Rob's favorite player. Uh. <laughs> Legitimately, I haven't, uh, like, uh, obviously not a lot of game options. It's like, I'll watch Florida State, Georgia Tech. I yeah. like Jeff Collins. Uh, AJ loves Mike Norvell. I want to see Tamari <laughs> and Terry. 
and then I I didn't realize like I, I remember watching Jeff Sims at the Elite Eleven. I mm-hmm. remember when he was committed to Florida State. I remember when he he ended up at Georgia Tech because Norvell didn't want him at Florida State, and he's not bitter. Um, and and I didn't realize he won the starting job. And then he after two early bad interceptions, he really settled down. I thought in the second half especially he showed so much poise. I know Florida State's not what they used to be, but to go into Dope Campbell, yeah, week one as a freshman. And to kind of rebound from those early interceptions and, and throw that the one touchdown, lead the, the game-winning field goal drive. And I thought he looked really great as a runner, too. Mm-hmm. Legitimately, RG3 vibes. Like, a lot of, like, big off-script plays, too, which is, like, usually when you see that from a guy who's making his first career start, you, you, like, it's always impressive. I know, like, sometimes it's lucky, but... Uh... In the college level, it's just uh, it's exciting, and I don't know, it impresses me. He was he looked really good. Yeah, I'm really excited to see him uh, against UCF this week. Yeah, can he can just... he continue the Florida r- murderer tour? I don't know what that means, but yeah. And he was like he was legitimately like Jordan Mason couldn't get a, a lot going on the ground, and Sims mm-hmm. was legitimately kind of carrying that offense. And yeah, uh, I think in a couple of years, like he he's really going to be the catalyst for Georgia Tech turning around that program coming out of the triple option. You heard it here first, baby. Basically, you should never commit to being a triple option school unless you're committing forever. <laughs> that's, that's really true. Right? Yeah. Like, it, Georgia Tech was horrible last year because their whole offensive line was built for the triple option. It feels like it, like you're saying to me right now that Georgia Tech isn't triple option anymore, but and I still don't believe it. I saw it with my own eyes. I still don't believe it. It feels weird. You think it's coming back? Jeff Sims would be sick in the triple option. <laughs> you would. Okay, best sophomore? Uh, okay, like I said, I got a trio of running backs. I want to start in the ACC slash independence. Uh, Kyron Williams, did I say his first name right? You did. Sick. Uh, the Notre Dame running back. He My looked boy. he looked really good. I had like 112 on the ground and two touchdowns. Uh, like yeah. almost 100 he, catch. He looked explosive. He, runs he, hard. He, he, he took that bubble screen 75 yards, yeah. and then Ian Book immediately threw an interception. <laughs> it was sick. Uh, and that first, his first rushing touchdown, he like he went airborne to kind of guide over a guy trying to go at his ankles, and like kept his yeah, balance. Yeah, no, it was sick. His balance on that one was sick. And then yeah. the other one was on a fourth and one. Yeah, where he just he took the inside zone and stretched outside, and just he he looked twitchy. Yeah, he, he was really physical. For, like he's not the biggest guy, but he's no. really like tough. He was a tough runner. Exactly, like five nine one ninety five, and yeah, breaking arm tackles. Uh, there was a couple plays where he could just go out of bounds, you know, but no, drop the shoulder, lower the DB. Uh, he, he really, like, that Notre Dame offense looked terrible outside of him, and he really carried them. And yeah. I think he's going to have to do that all year because their pass catchers are so just unproven, and Ian mm-hmm. Book did not look very good at all. Yeah, but Corso picked him to win the Heisman, so. He picked Ian Book? I'm pretty sure, yeah. I think he had Notre Dame in his uh, playoffs, insane. and he picked Ian Book. That's so insane. There's a lot of just weird, so much. weird like love for Ian Book. Like, I, I, yeah, I, I pro Trevon Boykin. So. <laughs> oh no, sick. Who's your um, Who's your okay. top sophomore? I'll go with Storm Duck from North Carolina, the corner. Uh, pretty up and down start to the game for North Carolina. They ended up pulling away late in the third yeah. quarter and just owning the fourth. But they're they're like. Storm Duck was really impressive, I thought. The Syracuse offense tried to roll everything through receiver Taj Harris. Um, and, and Duck was just kind of man up on him all game, shut him down. He he looked so good in man coverage. He came away with two PBUs. Uh, he I know he's really good as a freshman. And yep. it just that North Carolina program is recruiting so well yeah. right now, too. 
I, I, Mac I, Brown is Mac Brown's a genius. Do you, do you know what Mac Brown did to kind of get the recruiting rolling uh, at North Carolina? What did he do? He sent um, coaches to every single high school in North Carolina, whether they had a recruitable player or not. I respect that. Like I yeah, was, and I, like I was he, a little skeptical. I was a little skeptical of the hire. Like, not that I, I thought most people were. Yeah, I th- yeah. Not that I thought it was like, oh my god, what are they doing hire? But I'm like, okay, it's Mac Brown. You know, like he'll be there for a couple of years, and then you know leave. Um, and I clearly us, I, I and the rest of our, us doubters have been so wrong. I will say though, UNC maybe a little lucky to, to get Cuse week one and not a tougher ACC opponent, but. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I, I I think that's a fair point. Yeah, um, I, I think they're going to get Mac Brown's though. running that program similar to like what Herm Edwards said I he know. was going to do at Arizona State as like the CEO. Yeah, and he's just really he's done a great job. Uh, hit me with your next one. Uh, I'm going back to last Monday. Another name I'm not sure how to pronounce. Uh, Tyler Algier. That's my best. Yeah, yeah I got him. Her. I got him as well. The 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 BYU running back, uh, converted linebacker. He's five eleven, two twenty. Uh, like just kind of a slasher. He got some juice. Like he, he's just someone to watch. He put up a uh, like one thirty two on fourteen carries, a couple touchdowns. It was all big runs. Like yeah, shirt Na- sophomore too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Navy's Navy was so bad, but uh, I don't know. Like that, he he looked impressed with the other back. Uh, Katoa was okay too. Um, it's a lot of easy yards, but just to watch him going forward because at that size with some juice. And I was reading reading some stuff. Uh, apparently, he looks faster than last year, so he can kind of just keep on that trend. Um, Future Steelers running back. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I could see that. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give you my final one. Uh, Brees Hall at Iowa State. Hey, I know Iowa State finish your struggled, drink. and obviously they lost. But yeah. I, I thought despite nothing else going on on offense, he looked pretty good. He ran, he ran for over 100. Yeah. Um, just the contact balance and his short area quickness. He he looks like almost like a, a more athletic David Montgomery. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we like I think we had him as best freshman or like deeper in our best freshman a couple weeks last year. And yeah, he definitely he was like the only thing for this, this offense. More on that later. Who's your weekday warrior? I'm going back to BYU. I'm giving it to that offensive line, man. They just fucking cream Navy. It was from, from the first snap, just massive holes for Algier. Katoa you, just just killed him. And Pay looked good. Uh, Tristan Hogue looked good. Uh, Christensen well, they, looked better they, than I thought. Go ahead. MP at center, my boy. Yeah, he was good. Um, and like, sophomore Clark the, Barrington, uh, pretty good too. The the four um, seniors, I think they're all seniors. Yeah. All four of them are at least going to be in training camps. Yeah, uh, MP was my favorite when we talked in the summer. I thought Hogue was like borderline. Like, he was like, the, he's because he's a Notre Dame transfer. Yeah, right. And then Christensen's like, okay, he's good enough for BYU. Uh, and then you know, Clark Barrington at sophomore was <clears throat> the sophomore pretty good too. It was too easy. I want to see them against uh, a better defensive front, but uh, that, you know, that looked you impressive. Know what sucks. You know what sucks? They were supposed to play Army this weekend. It was going to be uh, two ranked teams, but BYU had a COVID scare, so the game got postponed. It does suck. It does suck. Um, um, I got one more guy after though. Go ahead. Okay. I, I, I had your boy Al- Algier here, but um I also have Cameron Harris. We mentioned him yeah, already. He was good. Um, he he well he had that big sixty six yard touchdown where I thought he did such a great job pressing the line of scrimmage. <clears throat> yeah. He he's a he, he's a very much just a one cut and go guy. Um but he, he has some juice to him and physical and that's a fun trio of running backs with Derek King running the ship. That's gonna be a really good 
running attack all year, I think. Yeah. Like Harrison more in that the the Homer and DJ Dallas vein, but yeah. This uh, Homer got way too many touches yesterday, Rob. I'll say it anyways. But yeah, he he is more so in that vein where you, yeah. you can see him being like a day three pick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm going to our boy Austin Watkins. Kind of cheating because he got two sh- two two kicks at the can, but more more impressive in the, in the Central Arkansas game. Like yeah. nothing, not a not a mind boggling game. Uh, but look, just you know, consistently good. Seven catches, seventy two yards. Kind of easy, and then yeah, only three for thirty two against Ma- Miami, but really great uh, touchdown grab. Uh, and yeah, I, I thought just I don't know. He just looks really good on the field. You know what I mean? Even when he's not throwing up big numbers yeah, or he, anything. He's a physically imposing guy. He yeah, I mean, he he was less featured when they played Miami. Obviously, a better team. Yeah. Um, and they 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 use the uh, Murphy a lot more, but or Mitchell, mm-hmm. sorry, I mean a lot more. But yeah, he is certainly one of the best group of five um, prospects. Definitely. Um, I'll, I'll I'll stick with UAB. Spencer Brown. Spencer Brown looks trimmer. <laughs> and he does. between the central arkansas and miami game ran for 201 two tds five yards of carry uh i thought he he did a little more in the passing game than he had last year i think he he, he could be a potential late day three guy wow. like a rotational back i'm gonna say it that's I'm a gonna... big turnaround for you you had him as your like lowest rated he, running he, back last year yeah i did but uh <laughs> maybe 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 i'm overreacting but he did look significantly i thought uh, he had his burst was a lot better, and he yeah. did look trimmer. Like he looked like he probably lost ten pounds. Yeah, and he's the king of rushing yards. Um, actually, while we're here, the, Tristan Brown's the other back, right? He looked good in the the Central Arkansas game. Not too much in, against Miami, but uh, kind of using Not, him in that that gadgety role and getting him going. Jermaine Looks, Brown, you mean? Jermaine, I'm sorry. I had his name written down. I had to check. I yeah, didn't. He, yeah, he's a he's he's a sophomore back. Yeah, but he's the future. Yeah, he looks pretty good. Bill Clark's got that UAB program ready, baby. It's so impressive. I know, I know he, he's gained the love now, but it's so impressive what he did there. Like, we love our dragons. We do. Go Blazers. He, he, uh, you got to think he'll be in the in the Power Five sooner rather than later if if he wants it. Yeah, you know, but doesn't it kind of feel like he's just so committed to UAB? Yeah, well, he saved the program. So. Except, literally, yeah. Um, like we know he's committed, but like even when the bigger programs come uh, come a call and it feels like he, he's 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 going to stick around. I like that though. Yeah, like I I'm sure he he's been interviewed for better for or for better jobs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um okay, uh what was that? Best prospect time. Uh, I, pretty I, easy week. I, yeah, I kept it simple. Trevor Lawrence. Um Okay, you know what? I'm going to start <laughs> I'm going to start that it's lame that he gets minus 24 yards on the ground. Like the NCAA's got to stop counting sacks as rushing yards. That's where I'm starting. But every, every, well, that's like the most basic ass I know. comment. Everyone says it every day. I know. Every but day. yeah, so two two rush touchdowns for him. Um then everything else just looked easy, right? Like and it wasn't even like there was a lot of big time throws and it just all came to him so easy. I mean, what's what's not surprising though? I put I put him and Travis Etienne as the best prospects because they just look like they're on another level yeah. against Wake. You know what I like and, from Etienne? Is, Wake, go ahead, yeah. No, you go ahead. Okay. <laughs> the when they got him into the passing game, just his his burst after the catch was so impressive. Just uh, yeah. he had that one where he went like what forty five yards or some. Um, yeah, he uh, if if they continue to kind of get get him involved in the in the passing game. Yeah, that's gonna be impressive. He's just gonna be more confident as a pass catcher. It's kind of mm. overblown his. It's similar to Jonathan Taylor, like last year, but with yeah. his pass catching struggles. Yeah. But um, 
Lawrence and Etienne just, it, it looked like they were playing high schoolers. They just were so much better than Wake. And Wake's not a bad program. And nope. I don't, Lawrence had the perfect in the back of the end zone. Amari Rogers touchdown drop too. Like his numbers should have been better than they were, and his numbers were insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, three total touchdowns, seventy nine percent completion. Like he, and, and it's nice to see that too. Because remember last year he kind of struggled to start the yeah. year. I remember the Louisville game. I think he threw three picks. Yep. Um, in this, he was just on immediately. He also said prior to the game that essentially implying he'll be declaring after the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hey, maybe he won't be in Jacksonville, but he'll certainly, I think, be the number one pick. One and oh, Duval. Duval. <laughs> oh, okay. Then, then we got quiet. <laughs> yeah, no, I was waiting for you to move on. Okay. Uh, uh, sh- go ahead. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about Trevor Lawrence a lot more throughout the year, so let's t- let's yeah. get to these other guys who, once the SEC starts playing, probably won't get talked about as much. Um, who's your number one shooting off the board this week? I got to keep it friend of the show, Rob. Jonathan Adams. Yeah, okay, me too. As as well, for me, number one. Yeah. Has to be. Has to be. I mean, I, I you know what was, uh, this is patting ourselves on the back, but it was cool to like see them, like, like I just saw Reggie Bush and, and the crew there at Fox just, like, talking him up, like, way after the game. Like, I forget what other game I was watching, but they were just, like, it's kind of cool to see him gain that much recognition. And, like, even last week against Memphis, uh, he had, what, 6 for 65. Like, mm. it, just a good game. Had one really bad concentration shot at the end of the game. And then he comes back against K-State and just absolutely mucks with the three touchdowns. And, like, spectacular catches. And, like, you can go back to listen to our old episode. Maybe we'll tweet it out again. And just him talking about the, the 50-50 ball. Just him saying, stating that those are my balls, baby. <laughs> and, like, you see that mentality on the field uh, all the time with those throws. And, uh I will say, get Lane Hatcher in there more. I still like him more. But yes, he no, he's way he was way better. He led the game winning drive. Way better against way Memphis better than too. Bonner. Way, yeah, I, 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 I think going forward, it's going to be him at quarterback. Though. I don't understand why it hasn't been. And then like, so I kind of assumed in the in the K State game it would be all Hatcher. So I'm like, okay, Bonner got his shot. Hatcher looks better, and they they didn't go back with him, which kind of a uh, kind of shocks me. But anyways, uh, Jonathan Adams stud. Yeah, and, and his best catch was the one that um, w- was called in Called back, yeah. That, that, that was a wonderful one-handed stab. It, it was nuts. the best catch of the weekend. It was called incomplete, but still had three touchdowns, like you mentioned, the game-winning <laughs> one. His, his, just, he is, his body control, his catch radius, yeah, and his hands are just so fucking strong. He's a... It, it's nice to see that, like, like it's national recognition for him now yeah that's what that's what i'm saying like it was like every uh post-game show like the, or pre-game show talking about it, it was awesome the uh, the athletic wrote a, like a handful of things about college football this weekend i think he was mentioned in all of them that's awesome that's great um who, who else do you have here uh, my, my number two guy is I, I tried to lean with again guys who we probably won't be talking about um Respect. maybe as much ifiatu melifonu obi melifonu's brother at syracuse mm-hmm. Um, he was awesome against that North Carolina passing attack that has a lot of NFL talent. He's six three. He's like like his older brother, just clearly a great athlete. Yeah. Um, he was draped all over the receivers. Uh, two PBUs. The length was impressive. He, he I think he's a redshirt junior, so yeah. he's got at least he he's got three years because this year doesn't technically count. Sure. So I, I think that's a guy who who's gonna really um, make some noise. Uh, yeah, for sure. Adams was my big one. Keeping it in the ACC at DB, I threw us onto Samuel Jr. because that, that's just a good week one game when the when you know the corner group's a little murky and he he's got the name recognition. Obviously, coming away with two picks, 
I think that just helped himself a lot. Yeah, he he's also on my list. Um, he looked so good in zone. He he yeah. baited Jeff Sims. Uh, they, they like they ran mesh. Georgia Tech ran mesh, and like Asante Samuel immediately knew what was happening. Just Jeff Sims <laughs> threw it right at him. Um, but yeah, and he had two other PBUs. He he was fantastic. The Florida State defense played really well. Yeah, they did. They did. Um, I also have Marvin Wilson on this list. Those were the two best players on Florida State. They played the best in that game. He blocked two field goals. He Part of the reason they couldn't run the ball up the gut, uh, with Jordan Mason a good back at Georgia Tech, but they mm-hmm. could not run on Marvin. Marvin Wilson was just clogging lanes. I think he's he's going to have a Derek Brown-esque type of dominant season. He, I cheated a bit. I put Marvin Wilson for prospect. He'll play the box score. Uh, that's a, he, no, that's a, that's a good one because yeah, he did. Only three tackles, and like you know, you don't see the two block field goals right away, and that was fucking studly. And going back to Samuels, he was the one who caused the second interception. He he got to Sims and, uh, you know, batted his arm, uh, the, the arm contact there, and Samuels yep. just grabbed it. So I think th- those were all impact plays. And like you said, just clogging the run lanes, eating double teams. Uh, you know, if, if Sims was getting it off, it was the the running back had to like just chip him enough to get to let Sims get around. Uh, yeah, I don't know Wilson. Yeah, I think it is like Derek Brown, just to a slightly lower extent, right? Yeah, well, especially because Florida State's just not going to be that good. Yeah, um, that's a good point. My my last guy for this is Jock Jeremiah Usu Koromoa, yeah. the Notre Dame linebacker who I absolutely love. He was all over the field against Duke, mm-hmm. um, playing that overhang role. He had a nasty strip, uh, which was just perfect form, um, and, and he picked up a sack blitzing uh, like on a nickel blitz. He's just he was giving me Isaiah Simmons vibes, where it's just this cool. guy's the best athlete on the field. He can he feel, play yeah. all over the place. He feels like the linebacker dominated. this year that's going to make the leap, you know, to, to get in that first round conversation. I know like he's yeah, already like not far so. away, but just feels like he's going to yeah, keep helping like, in stock more and more. Him and Chaz Surratt, I think, are mm. going to be the two guys draft Twitter absolutely loves. Yeah, that's a good point. And our boy Coin Dang, but he couldn't get the season, so that sucks. Maybe if he does, that'd be awesome. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Coin Dang's quite on their level. but No, he's I, not, but I'm saying for like a linebacker riser. Just throwing some names out there. Um, do you have anybody else for this? No, no, those are my guys. All right, who's sliding down the board? Just one guy here, Rob, Brock Purdy. <laughs> uh, just, that was, like, I don't know, that was a really bad performance. Uh, you know what's weird? They didn't let him throw deep a lot last year, and, and, like, Brock, he looked so good last year, just, like, sitting in the pocket, standing, delivering between the hash marks at the sticks, you know, like, moving, moving the chains and, like, like, okay, you can kind of see that there, and that's why I was a little higher on him than you were, at, or a decent amount higher, I think. Uh, and then this game, they let him go throw deep. Didn't look good. Lots of overthrows there. Forcing balls. Bad reads. Like, even, like, sometimes there's the receivers bailing him out. Uh, I forget who it was. Had a crazy catch. But it was, like, in, like, triple coverage, and it was a bad throw. And, like, uh, under 50% completion rate, 145 yards, no, no he, touchdowns, a pick. It was s- bad. Spo- spoiler, he's my prospect. He's being overhyped. Okay. Because I, I don't think either of us were ever in on that first round talk with not him. Not even close. Not even close. No, I, I was like, like borderline one hundred. You were like fifth round, sixth round. Yeah, I I I, I just think he's a NFL backup at best. Like, and, yeah, and it really, it really showed in that game. He just doesn't have the arm talent. Um, I don't mm-hmm. think like he doesn't put enough zip on the ball. He his decision making specifically was I think the biggest problem there because. Yep. It, at least you can, if you lack some zip, you can get away with some stuff if you're just a really smart passer. But he really struggled. Yeah. And ULL played a really good defense. Their defense underrated. Their defensive coordinator 
um, he's a he's a Dave Aranda guy too. Um, did a really good job, but yeah, I don't I don't know Brock Purdy. In that race for that QB four slot, mm-hmm. he really hurt himself. I think he's mm-hmm. closer to QB ten than QB four, right? Yeah, no, I, it was kind of like all the things that I liked from Brock Purdy in the off season, or in the summer, I should say. Uh, he did all of those things very poorly, and then showed that he can't do the things that I wasn't sure about anyways. You know, it's a, just a bad uh, bad performance. I'll hit you with another quarterback. Uh, well, Ian Book, but I don't think we really have to speak on that. Um, <laughs> um, Shane Bichelle. I, I didn't think he played that well against Texas ah, State. That's, it was a sloppy start for SNU. Eh? Like, yeah. Expected to go in there and roll them, but the the Bobcats showed off. Oh, I love the Bobcats. They're my favorite team. That UTSA-Texas State game is the greatest football game <laughs> ever played. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I thought he, he really struggled. Um, he, he kind of found himself later in the game, but mm-hmm. just not the, not the type of start you want to see from a guy who is yeah. also a top-10 quarterback-type prospect um, and, and against a Texas State defense that gave up 51 to UTSA. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you got to go out there and make a statement. I, like, Yeah, I, I, I thought it just it was more like when you see – a guy who's an NFL prospect playing a bad team, he he should dominate, and he, that just wasn't what mm-hmm. happened. No, that's a good one. Who else you got? That's it. You know, I don't like being mean to guys. I just, I, Robert I, Rochelle. Your boy, Robert Rochelle. I put him down. Yeah, I mean, wasn't good at all in the first game against uh, Austin P. Yeah, that that's <clears> mainly why he's here. I thought uh, he was better against UAB, but I had still, the fumble thought, recovery. Yeah. yeah, that kind of hid some of his shortcomings in that game was that force fumble fumble recovery touchdown but i thought he like austin Watkins was mm-hmm. a little much for him to handle and i just think if you're a central arkansas corner but you're a legit nfl prospect you should show up in these games yeah and like especially like when all of draft twitter was only talking about robert rochelle leading up to that uh fcs kickoff game and then it kind of sucks just because he was like the one name yeah but like but- it, it's not his fault but yeah it's not his fault, but then you know he had two bad pass interference calls, and uh, I think yeah. one of them. One yeah, of them, no, like, the Austin P game was really bad. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely better in the UAB game, which is more important. But yeah, it just kind of sucks for him. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I'll hit you with two more because <laughs> I'm the mean one. Um, Chris Rump, the Duke edge yeah. rusher. But we... I thought he 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 really got moved around uh, mm-hmm. by that Notre Dame O line. Like he his lack of weight and power was really a problem against the run rump is kind of um, interesting because like people kind of like, like i've seen like first round talk his from tape some people. is really fun his tape yeah. is really fun yeah. but he plays this strange stand-up edge role where they almost like let him pick and choose where he's where he's pass rushing from before mm-hmm. the snap it's so weird um but yeah he he really just got outmanned in that notre dame game yeah, and that's, then a, that's a big game for him too yeah go ahead sorry and tomorrow and terry just because i think there's a lot of hype going in that norvell like look what he's done with the memphis yeah. skill guys Let's see what's he going to do uh, with, with a talent like Terry, who's a top 100 type guy with big, big, big playability. And yeah. he was just, he had a brutal drop on what should have been a huge touchdown. Uh, most of his catches were on just screens trying to get him going, but he wasn't able to rip anything off. I think he ended up with two drops, just six catches, 52 yards. Yeah. I, I, it was a struggling day. Well, it was the whole team, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, coming in, obviously in the summer we talked, it's just if Terry can fix those drops, like he'd probably be a first round guy because he's got yeah everything I, else like, is I there. Th- I, he reminds me a lot of Robbie Anderson, where yeah, if if he can hold it all together, there's so much talent there. Hundred yards um, this Sunday for Robbie Anderson, baby. Yeah, he cooked Damon Arnett. More on that on our next show. Um, out of nowhere, prospect. 
I'm uh, sticking at the receiver position, and this is another double down for me. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, the South Alabama receiver. Ooh. Just definitely already know it. Yeah, go ahead. I like this. Yeah, 6'3", 200-ish. Maybe a little thinner. That's why I said ish. Uh, versus Southern Miss, he, he dominated the game. Six catches, buck 69, two TDs. And that uh, 14-point upset that got Jay Hobson fired. And then came back against Tulane. Another 100-yard. Yeah, that's shit. Another 100-yard game against Tulane. And, like, nice body control. Like, sideline grabs, going up and plucking it with that 6'3 frame. Uh, one of his touchdowns in the, in the Southern Miss game was, like, a 60 yards of run after catch. I think it was, like, the third or second play of the game. Uh I like all of those parts and kind of got a guy that just came totally out of nowhere and uh, really interesting. I, I, I will say also that the Southern Miss receiver, I didn't write his name down, but I'll have it in two seconds. Also looking in the USA game, just not as good as as, um, as him. I, so I didn't put his name down, as Tolbert, I should say. Uh, what's his name? Smith, right? I, I, yeah. Anyways, I'm sorry for not writing this down. <laughs> also, I don't know even know why I said it when I didn't write this down. Uh, Tim, yeah, you really talked yourself into a hole. I know. Tim Jones. Um yeah, nice yeah, hands. Did look good. Nice hands. Had a concentration drop too. Uh, nice contested, solid body control. Had a big game. Uh, so he's he's another guy to a lesser extent of uh, out of nowhere. But yeah, Tolbert looks like uh, like he could be something. All right, I'm sh- absolutely shocked you didn't put the Houston Baptist quarterback Bailey Zapp. Well, he's my small school guy that caught my eye. Okay, I'll I'll let you have that day. Um, I put Jared Daggy, the West Virginia quarterback. Yeah, I know it was Eastern Kentucky, but like. Last year, West Virginia was really struggling with um, what's his name, the OU transfer. Uh, they went to Daggy late. Yeah. I, I can't remember his name. He's Not Mordecai, right? No, Mordecai's still at Oklahoma. Yeah, I get I get <laughs> all these backup Oklahoma quarterbacks mixed. Austin Kendall, I pulled it. Yes, thank you. Yes, <laughs> um, but D- Daggy's the uh, Bowling Green transfer. Um, yeah, his brother played at Texas Tech. Um, he he, I don't know. He he, I, again, it was Eastern Kentucky, but he came in. He he made some pretty interesting downfield throws, and yeah, obviously we we know Neil Brown is a heck of a head coach coming over from Troy, and I don't know. What's really, kind of interesting now. I'm glad. I really, you know, we were big Neil Brown fans uh, at Troy. I really want to see him pull that West Virginia program back together. And I'm telling you, he is with uh, thanks to Jared Daggy, uh, prospect, <laughs> prospect who made you look stupid. You know, I'm gonna put Andre Cisco, the the Q safety. Um, I wasn't that whoa, high on him. Whoa, whoa, oh, because he played well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I thought you were saying he played bad. No, 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 because he was good, I and I, I wasn't that high. Yeah, uh, lot, like lots of people think he's a first round guy. I wasn't there. I think I don't remember where third or fourth. I don't round think maybe. I'm. I, I think he's a day two guy firmly. Yeah, but. Yeah. He did play really well in that game. That, that, he's the, kind of the key to their new defense. Yeah, because, I mean, what? Lots are just high, uh, rangy as hell. The, the interception on Hal was sick. Just yeah. came over from the opposite slot, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he's he, he's fun. Um, so, yeah, I just well, think that secondary. Yeah. Like, I already mentioned Melifonwu, and yep. then Cisco's obviously, I think he, he's an active leader in interceptions. In yeah, exactly. The ball skills are great. But their other corner, I should have put him down. I think he's a redshirt freshman, something Williams. He looked really good, too, and he was also very big. Um, mm-hmm. Syracuse, <laughs> low-key DBU. Yeah, it's UConn and Syracuse, baby. If you got a Melifondu, you're DBU, in my opinion. Uh, retweet. Uh, prospect who made me look stupid. Not that he played poorly in terms of college football, Derek King, but yeah, 
I, as we both know, I was very excited to see him in that Rhett Lashley offense. It was yeah. on Thursday, and most people were watching the NFL game. I also had this on, and me too. I, I was just, I was all in on King, and he really opened up that run game, and I, I he was a massive factor in them. Just, I think they ran for three twenty seven on UAB. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just because you have to account for him now, uh, uh on run plays, um. But as a passer, it, he really lacked chemistry with the receivers. Yeah. I felt like he, he overthrew a couple deep balls. He was forcing some deep things. It, it felt like he was just impatient trying to hit that big play and it and not taking kind of what was there. And um, Hopefully it's just because he hasn't played in so long. He, uh, I'm still really excited. He, he also extended his streak as the active leader in um, – or just leader in general, his NCAA record for yeah. most consecutive games with, with a passing and rushing touchdown. Yeah. So I think – like t- my main takeaway from this game is he's going to be really good for like he's exactly what Miami needed at quarterback, but maybe he's not quite the NFL prospect I was hoping. That's fair. I, I will say though, um, you're definitely right. Just no chemistry, it- and it just looked like he got affected by the wonky off season, and you know, tr- like you said, have- hasn't played in a long time. So maybe maybe the chemistry comes, and uh, I again, I'm a- obviously a big Derek King fan too. Uh, so I, I'm I'm cheering for him, but like you said, just the threat of him running uh, opened up so much. Yeah, it changed ground. it changed their offense definitely. So coming this week against Louisville, that's gonna be a really fun football game. I'm glad they yeah, got I'm very time. excited. Uh, best prospect versus prospect matchup. So there's no marquee ones that cross my mind here. Uh, so I put Jackson Carmen versus Boogie Basham. I was gonna say when you said there's no marquee ones, I was gonna say this. That's not what I picked, but I was gonna say that that's like kind of. A low key but t- like big name prospect matchup that happened yeah. that we really talked about. Yeah, we like we didn't get the one on one too much. Basham lined up no. over the right tackle um, mainly. I forgot his name. Uh, and Basham had his first sack on like with the second play or whatever, and it was kind of just all hustle. But anyways, uh, when when they did line up against each other, Carmen held his own really well. I thought he did a really good job on Buggy. Um, and like. I think I was higher on Carmen than you were in the summer. Like all the all the pieces are there, just kind of felt you know, uh, he just needs more time playing and, and putting all the technical stuff together. So seeing that against a guy that's that's you know technically great and everything is a good sign. Although I would have, I wish they just saw them one on one the whole game. You know what I mean? But yeah, <laughs> well, Carmen was out by what halfway through the third quarter anyway. So, anyways, that that was that was kind of the marquee. What'd you put? I put just the UNC wide receivers versus the ah, Syracuse DBs. It's a good choice. Garrett Williams. I have his name written down here. There we go. Thank you. But yeah, the the uh, the combination of Melifonu, Garrett Williams, and Cisco held um, Diami Brown, Bull Corrales, and Daz Newsom to thirteen catches for one sixty six. That's that's like, good. I thought they did a really good job. That's yeah. that's Diami Brown and Daz Newsom are legitimate NFL prospects and Corrales I think is going to be in a, in a training camp at least yeah I, I, I like Bo I don't know you just like him. I do too he's really good in contested catches yeah. he's Chris Hogan um but yeah so I thought that 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 was a pretty fun one um, yeah that's good pro- you you already mentioned your prospect who played the box scores Marvin Marvin Wilson correct Amundo. I put Chase Bryce the Duke quarterback I kind of felt um, like you had him here but you know I didn't get to see the whole game so I didn't want to mention him. what like, give me the give like me the Bryce paper, breakdown yeah well on paper not like not bad, but not great. Two fifty nine passing, fifty four percent completion, seven a, per attempt. Uh, with no a, touchdowns, with a touchdown. no picks. Oh, did he have a touchdown? Oh, ran for a touchdown. Ran a touchdown. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, it gets a good Notre Dame defense, mm-hmm. but the fact that it was his first 
time playing in a collegiate game where it wasn't just a fourth quarter blowout uh, <laughs> yeah. as a Clemson transfer. Uh, I thought he came in. He was zipping some balls into really tight windows. Um, this is a guy who's going to have multiple years at Duke if he wants it. I, I think he yeah, – what is he? He's a redshirt junior now, so he's got at least three. Three. Yeah. Uh, at most three three more years. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he used a lot of tight window throws, a lot of in, intermediate throws. Um, like, he can really put something on the ball. And, and he's a very accurate quarterback. I like Chase Bryce. He, I think he, he, I think he's he made that Duke in. offense. That Duke team was ended up being really fun to watch. It's going to be really interesting to see him against Boston College this yeah, weekend. Yeah, and Cudcliffe, like, like, even just watching Clemson, uh, him at Clemson last year, it just seemed like a perfect match with him and, and uh, Dave Cudcliffe, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. He, he, he's a very good fit. Yeah. Um, prospect is being overhyped. I'm going with a deeper cut here. It kind of just like, so it, I just it's a guy I wanted to mention, and he he is getting overhyped. The, Forrest Merrill, the Arc State nose tackle, defensive oh, tackle. Oh, he is beloved. I know. Okay, hold on. Let, let me hear me out. Okay, he's six one three thirty eight. Jim Nagy, the 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 smartest man in football, hyped him up. Uh, Orlovsky on the broadcast said he should go in the first few rounds of the draft. Really good what? run defender. Yeah, I know. So that's why that's why he's on my overhyped. But uh, for a guy I didn't know too much about, uh, there was no tape in the summer. Really good run defender. So it's like it's like another guy that's kind of on my radar now and like a, a small school guy that got my whatever. A uh, really good run defender. Really good motor. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be a passing down guy. Just watching lives. Uh, and he ends up on the ground a bit too much. He's kind of bumbly a bit. Didn't like that, but like he was like chasing down guys on screens. That was really fun, and like in the middle, he's clogging everything up. One more thing, you know, I always keep my eye on. Uh, he's gonna be twenty five by week one next year, which isn't a, a great thing for him either. So, want to hear my pro comp? I would love to. Tony Saragusa. <laughs> I love it. He'll be he'll also, be a sideline reporter in, tw- in ten years. Al- also, Greg Gaines. <laughs> yeah, that that one makes a lot of sense too. But yeah, uh, <laughs> just like just I, the hype was a little too much. But he's interesting for sure. Um, I I, I put Brock Purdy like I already mentioned. I mean, yeah. we already kind of ripped on him <laughs> enough. Poor Brock. I know. Um, his his brother's at Florida State now, so sick. They cho- they, they chose to have his brother over Jeff Sims. Oh, All cool. comes back to Jeff Sims. Everything's coming back to Jeff Sims. Uh, okay, small school guy who caught your eye? My fucking boy. This is my guy forevermore. Uh, Bailey Zappi, the Houston Baptist QB. You know I like talking about Houston Baptist for no good reason before the season started. Now I got a good reason, too. Uh, tore off Texas Tech. 30 for 49. 567 yards. Four touchdowns. And it wasn't just like your classic air raid, you, you know, s- simple throws. And that even that would be impressive against a Power 5 uh, defense. I know it's Texas Tech, but still. But no, it was big time down the field throws in a tight game, leading them to almost uh, fucking tie the game and send it to overtime. And he was really impressive. And then the week before against North Texas, 483 touchdowns and no picks. And then on the broadcast, already mentioning him being a potential uh, transfer up because he gets the extra year and transfer up next year and to a group of five or power five team. I, I like Zappy. I'm 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 he's about to play well, like eight games, so that's sick. I think. So I, I got my eye on him all year. I love it. Yeah, you already told me uh, while you were watching him run that air raid to perfection. He'll be at Mississippi State for Mike Leach soon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I said. I love it. Um, my small school guy, I, I, I put both UAB receivers. I mean, we've talked about Austin Watkins, and I'm sure we, we will through the process. But I thought Myron Mitchell really looked good yeah. against Miami. Yeah. Um, 
he he in, in his two games against Central Arc in, in Miami, twelve catches, hundred sixty four yards and a touchdown, more catches and yards than Austin Watkins. He um I thought he's a compliment. He, he they they use him more as uh, like he he's less of a powerful fifty fifty height weight speed guy, more of like that wiggly just yeah explosive open field playmaker. Um and I, I don't know he I thought he looked pretty good. I'll throw one more in, and because you know, like it feels right to go small school that you got to go D two right now. So, uh, or FCS at least. Uh, how about Luan Williams? Oh, I keep calling Williams Luan Winningham. What a great name! Uh, the Central oh, Arkansas he wide had that nasty grab. Yeah. So against UAB, it was what six catch, fifty three yards, two touchdowns. Both of them were fucking ridiculous. And then against Austin P, he basically carried them. Ended up winning that game too. Uh, he, he he's looked really good, and it's kind of fun that uh, you know with Rochelle's kind of shit the bed in the spotlight. He he showed up, so that's fun. Uh, yeah. So those those are my guys. I love they're both of them are really fun. You know what else is really fun? Gambling, shaving your balls. Oh while fuck. Gambling. Oh both. Yeah, baby. <laughs> I fucked up. <laughs> you can't be wrong on this show. That's true. Um, <laughs> unless you said Benny Snell wouldn't be good. Twenty twenty <laughs> has been a year of things happening that are Which completely out of your control. But there is one thing you can control, and that's shaving your bush. Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to remind you to do so. The Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0 is a premium electric trimmer that's designed to give you a confidence boost through body image. Their ceramic blade and skin safe technology are designed to reduce nicks or tugs on your fellas down low. The Lawnmower 3.0 is also waterproof and comes with an LED light so you can manscape in the shower, in the dark, or in a dark shower, whatever floats your boat. They also just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit featuring tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. The Shears 2.0 nail kit allows you to pluck your eyebrows and trim your nails in style. On their website, you'll also find the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. This will help you tame that summery swamp ass with a natural hydrator and antioxidants. You'll also find the Crop Reviver, a testy toner that's like having cologne that is designed for your balls. We won't judge you if you catch if we catch you sniffing yourself. Go to manscaped.com and check out some of these life-changing products. In fact, listeners of this show will get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code armchair. It's time to grab 2020 by the horns and shave that front trunk. Also, betonline.ag, who is pro- pro- producing? Presenting. Our uh, our new our new final segment. Um, you kids out there remember my fives on your cell phone when you got to pick five friends for free calls and texts. I think probably uh, not. Well, <laughs> well, my genius. I came up with this new idea where AJ and I each pick our my five picks of the week uh, against the spread in college football. Um, presented by BetOnline.ag. So head on down to BetOnline.ag because football season's back and there's plenty of gambling to be done and. Uh, they're your online sports book experts. Steelers in okay. the under were a lock tonight, by the way. You knew that from last week, though. Chase Claypool got that last little touch to make it look better. That was sick. Uh, you know, I, I got my own name for this one, Rob. You ready? I got it. I got it. I called it AJ's one short of a six-pack. You like that? that? That's way cooler. That's mine. Yours is my five. That's my Oh, name. fuck. Am I locked <laughs> into this? Yeah, you're locked. Yeah, you signed the contract just like a my five deal, baby. Okay, hit me with your first one. Okay, so yeah, I, I'm kind of excited. This is a fun new thing instead of just picking ten random games. Uh, these are in no order for me. I'm gonna I'll, I'll probably figure that later. But I don't, the picks are hard. 
Uh, so who do we keep talking up all night, baby? Sims, the Sims show. He's keeping on the Florida Revenge Tour. UCF, I don't know if they offered him or not, but he, it doesn't matter. Uh, Georgia Tech plus 7.5 hosting UCF. I like that. Uh, okay, this is kind of my early season trick, and I kind of feel that. We've seen a lot of dogs cover. Uh, we've seen a lot of dogs win outright. Uh, and like it, sometimes the, the small favorite, like just some teams are just not ready to play. So when you're giving me a touchdown and half a point at home against a team that hasn't played yet in UCF and a team that's just coming off a huge-ass upset against Florida State, uh, give me that. I like that all day. Um, how confident are you? <laughs> do you want a serious answer or do you just want me to say 10 out of 10? How unconfident are you that you have no, to ask that? I, it's, it's, I, I'll say I'm a 7. It's a, should we start doing a confidence meter? 7 out of 10, Rob. That's pretty good. Okay. Okay. Um, I've laid the bet. That was sick. <laughs> okay. My my, uh, my my five, my first of my five, uh, 12 p.m. Eastern, ESPN, Tulsa at Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State, minus 22 and a half. I'm taking that all day because Spencer Sanders is about to unleash. Tyler mm-hmm. Wallace is healthy. Trevor Hubbard's healthy. That offense, I think, is going to be one of the most exciting, especially the shape of the Big 12 is in right now. After Oklahoma and Texas, this is the best team easily. I think. Uh, yes. Returning a lot of starters on defense. There's a lot of returning continuity um, on that o- Oklahoma State uh, team. Um, Mike Gundy is probably the the biggest issue, just because like he's probably a bad person. Um, but hey, I think I think they walk Tulsa at home. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, that's going against my haven't played yet thing, but Tulsa hasn't either, right? So uh, I think that's fair. Yeah, uh, if they're honestly, if Tulsa had played a game, I probably wouldn't have picked this. Yeah, no, that's fair. I'm going to stick with my recipe here. Um, I'm going to take Wake plus two and a half at NC State. Sticking with the recipe, uh, Wake, you know, they, they got rolled by Clemson, but like you said, they're like we talked about, they're not a bad program at all. Uh, I don't trust NC State that much. They haven't played yet. Give me, give me Wake plus the points. It, it's going into, uh, oh my God, where's NC State play? I'm blanking. Rally, Charlotte. You want me to name every city in North Carolina? Keep going. Right? Yeah, this is the new bit. Yeah, go. Oh, fuck. Uh, Myrtle Beach is in South Carolina. Um, <laughs> wow, I ran out quick. Boone. Uh, yeah, they, they're, they're in Boone with App Boone, State. Boone, right, right. App State. <laughs> Chapel. Uh, why can't I remember? Wait, where's UNC? Uh, fucking North Carolina. UNC's geography. in Chap- Chap- Chapel, Chapel Hill. Chapel Hill. Yeah. Okay. Rally. I was right already. Is it? Oh, it is Rally. Okay. The, the capital. This is wrecked. <laughs> so give me, give me, keep going. Give me a wake going to the capital, baby. <laughs> That's Sick. It. Confidence meter? Uh, six and a half. Pretty good. I like, Fuck okay, I, only I get asked the confidence meter, by the way. That's how this yeah, works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, because I'm 10 out of 10 on all mine. Yes. 12 p.m. Eastern on Fox, Houston at Baylor. Uh, Baylor six point favorites. This game was literally scheduled during games on Saturday. <laughs> so it was weird. hilarious. Um, I'm taking Baylor. Uh, I, I know that that Houston team was really weird last year in Dana Holgerson's first year. I know it's yeah. Dave Aranda's first year at Baylor, but um, they they return the veteran quarterback in in Brewer, who I mean mm-hmm. not as a prospect, but I I think he he'll fit just fine in a 
Joe Brady-esque offense, apparently, they'll be running at Baylor. I think I think the Baylor defense, despite losing a lot of talent, it- it's under David Rand. I trust yeah, it. 100%. I think it's going to be a really fun game, but I think Baylor covers. I agree. I agree with that. Uh, it's I'll- also both teams' first game. Yes, yeah. Uh, this is a fun matchup, man. App State at Marshall. Uh, the spread's only two and a half for App State. I'm going to lay the points, but I think this is going to be a great game. I... Uh, I do feel good about App State. Uh, look, I, I'm going to pump the brakes on Marshall. I, I know I talked Wells up big time earlier, but it was Eastern Kentucky. Uh, App State is, is the cream of the crop in the Sun Belt and the fucking uh, Conference USA. Both both teams, both conferences combined, they're the cream of the crop down there. I I think gaining two and a half points. I know they're they're going to West Virginia, Huntington. I know that one. Um, nice. <laughs> I uh, I think that's like I, I like Marshall. I think it's been a good game, but. Um, Pump the brakes a little. Uh, I trust that uh, the Mountaineers. All right, here, here. Oh, what confidence? Oh, uh, eight. Bad bit. Oh, sick. Uh, Twelve p.m. Eastern, ESPN three. This is my uh, my final my five pick. A, a late throw in actually. Boston College at Duke. Where, what what uh, what city in North Carolina is Duke? AJ. Oh God. Why am I rusty on this? Do you know it? AJ. Uh, I don't remember. It's not Rally, is it? Uh, Durham, 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 Durham. There it is. There it is. Okay, that this is bad. No, um, I like it. <laughs> I'm I'm taking Boston College plus four and a half at Duke. Jeff Halfley's first game at, at the helm. I know Duke's played a game. Chase Bryce looked pretty good. Uh, all things considered, against Notre Dame, but I, I just got a good feeling about Boston College is here for no other reason than I like Jeff Halfley. Okay. <laughs> Fair and and Stephen Daisy was like the worst person to yeah, run a football program. It, it, it fucking sucks. Uh, what about, I got two more, right? Yeah. So I'll, I'll go to the lesser one. And this one ties in good with what we're talking about earlier. North Texas hosting SMU. I'm playing the numbers here. Like we said, SMU barely beat Texas State. All right. Follow, follow the transitive property here. SMU barely beat Texas State. North Texas beat Houston Baptist by 25-ish. Houston Baptist nearly beat Texas Tech. It's bad logic, but I'm taking North Texas plus the 14 points. Not saying they're going to win or anything. Confidence meters at a six and a half here, but I'm following the transitive property. I'm using early season logic, and I'm trying to nail this one down. Do you think anyone listens to our bet? No, but I think that was... Like, like, do you think anyone just heard what you just said and was like, yeah, now I'll do it? No, but I, I broke that down pretty good, right? That was quality content. Yeah, it was, it was sick. I mean, the word is well, not good, but hey. <laughs> no, no, pretty good. Grammar, please. Uh, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on ABC, number 21, UCF, heading to Georgia Tech, where my Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets are 1-0. and uh, Dylan Gabriel's uh, yeah, looking looking to maybe make a Heisman push for the G5. Maybe UCF's trying to compete for a playoff spot this year with less teams. But hey, they're running into the Yellow Jackets at home. <laughs> Jeff Sims has confidence. I'm taking Georgia Tech plus seven and a half all day long. Hey, where in North Carolina is Buzz City? Charlotte. Uh, Charlotte. <laughs> I got confused. My last one, because uh, I felt like I had to pick the the, the big game of the week. Seven thirty, whatever. Too. Good, we both picked it on ABC. I'm, I saved it. It was actually my second one, but I saved it for last. Uh, Miami plus two and a half at Louisville. Which way are you bouncing? I went back and forth. I just felt like I had to I had to throw some throw this one down. Um. So I I, I wanted to pick Miami. 
But I don't know. It's pretty hard. Scott Satterfield, I really love the offense he's running with Louisville. Miami kind of took a bit to to get going against UAB. I think Louisville has done um their their defensive coordinator Brian Brown's uh one of the kind of more underrated DCs in, in college football. Mm-hmm. I'm taking Louisville minus two and a half. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Miami to go different than you. Um, I say Derek King gets on the same page with these receivers. Uh, that running game stays the same threat. The quadruple headed monster, including King. I do like Mikhail Cunningham. I do like Tutu Atwell. I do like Javion Hawkins. Uh, I think this can be a close game. So that's why I want to take the points. I say Louisville. No, I say Miami wins by three here. And my confidence meter is at a strong, powerful five out of ten. <laughs> Sick. Okay. Well, hey, we did it. We're back. Uh, it felt good, didn't it? It was fun. I like our new uh, stupid pick segment. <laughs> Where there's like there's no like we don't care. Yeah, it's just having fun. <laughs> um. Anyway, hey, tune in uh, next show where uh, hey we'll get back into the groove with our NFL rookies. Stay tuned. AJ's got hot takes. One, two, three, four. Those are numbers, but you already knew that. If you want to know what number you're gonna pay each month for your car, use Kelly Blue Book My Wallet on Auto Trader. They're really good at numbers. <laughs> Auto Trader.